This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Hello there, how you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here and welcome to Mano 2 People's Radio, Irish Time. We're going to be reading a bit of news from Ireland and uh, the lads will be playing some Irish music, I hope. But anyway, I'm, I'm a bit excited. I just watched the Brazil-Serbia game. Jeez, it was brilliant. It was Brazil of old in the last 20 minutes. <clears throat> Up until then, they were just pretty mediocre and uh, oh, it was just dynamite. Anyway, get back on with the, what we're here for, Kevin. Anyway, the one... A bit of good news. One of Limerick's oldest residents celebrates her 105th birthday. Uh, lovely and warm birthday greetings were held in Limerick, uh, a, a, religious, uh, a Limerick nursing home for a religious sister who was born during the height of the First World War. Sister Patricia O'Neill was born <clears throat> in uh, County Kildare. Her birthday celebrates, celebrations began with a morning mass, of course, being a, a nun. In the chapel at uh, Catherine McAnulty House, where she—that's the name of the home. So that is absolutely. Uh, Irish citizens who turn a hundred receive a commemorative coin. Oh, instead of a, a, a you know, signed photo, a, a signed photograph of the king, as it is at present, and a new one is designed for each consecutive birthday. Why well, isn't that amazing? Later in the afternoon, Patricia was treated to a celebratory meal and the party for the residents and all the staff. A volunteer from the Sisters of Mercy conducted a sing-along whilst playing the, the piano. The now 105 was presented with a gift from, uh, the, from her, the Sisters of Mercy, a bouquet of flowers and a gift from her care team. Patricia entered the Sisters of Mercy way back there in 1951 and has spent all those years as a dedicated member of the religious order. Uh, Patricia entered the... Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. Having also trained as a nurse... Um, Patricia, Sister Patricia, gave many years of voluntary work within the health service. She became a resident of the Catherine McAnulty Hurt Nursing Home in uh, 2009 uh, when her health uh, was, was sort of deteriorated and she wasn't very well. She was noted for having a great sense of humour and has enjoyed her life and her travels around Ireland and abroad. And talking about the weather, this is uh, this is Cork. I, got this. I thought this would be interesting because it sounded like New Zealand, really. Uh, wet and windy conditions are forecast this weekend as gusty winds and rain spread across Munster. Uh, Metern uh, is forecasting heavy rain and southern, uh, strong southerlies on Thursday morning with sunshine and showers to follow in the afternoon. Uh, Friday will bring some sunshine and showers again with high temperatures, uh, high temperature, highest temperature, 8 to 11. Strengthening southerlies, southerlies uh, overnight will uh, bring more further rain and stormy weather over the weekend. So it's it's not unlike uh, what we are experiencing here in uh, sort of like Palmerston North, but over the New, New Zealand in general, the North Island in particular. And I came across this, and I thought this was really interesting. Maybe something could happen over here, uh, you know, through the prison service or the correction service. McGilligan uh, prison prisoners planting trees for the future. 
A prison has become the, the, the began the rather unusual location for a native tree ter, uh, nursery as part of a new environmental project. The scheme, which involves specially selected prisoners at uh, McGilligan Prison in County Londonderry, is aimed at protecting and developing woodlands. Uh, inmates cultivate British and Irish tree specimens, which are currently in short supply. It is the first scheme of its kind in Northern Ireland, according to the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice gives uh, uh, give the BBC special access to, to film the, the boys at work, as it were. The nursery within the walls of the prison grows uh, holly, gulder, rose, hazel, willow and wild cherry trees. McGilligan Prison Activity Governor Malcolm McLaren said uh, the native uh, tree species is ideally suited because of uh, you know the area in which they live. He said the prisoners have responded really well to the new project. Many prisoners will undoubtedly feel disconnected from the local community, so this project helps them give something back. And it is, it's, you know, some photographs of it. I just think it's a really neat idea. They are growing trees for communities against which they have offended, and it also gives them additional skills, which they can take out when they finish their time. Uh, Miss uh, Gibbon, who is... Uh, in charge of the project, said in the first year of the project, an estimated 70,000 native trees will be sown. Within this project, we collect seeds locally and bring them into the prison, where the inmates then help process them and grow grow them. We are at the stage where we have seeds in pots over winter, and the inmates can then sow them when the springtime arrives. Uh, she also said that uh, native tree helps ensure a stock of trees, the, the nurse will help a stock of trees for the near future. Because Ireland is not uh, not doing well in woodlands. Oh, here we go. In Northern Ireland, we are one of the least wooded uh, countries in Europe. That surprised me. And the UK, and previously a lot of our tree stock would have been imported from elsewhere, which carries the risk of disease. So I think that's a good idea for the inmates to be actually, you know, getting involved in something like that. And hopefully it will, you know, make their time in prison a bit more kind of uh, meaningful. And I, got, I came across this, and I thought this was just—I just had to do this. This is the Beatles. Do you remember them? Uh, new podcast explores the forgotten Irish connections, the uh, Cavern Club, Penny Lane, Strawberry Field, Liverpool locations, which will forever be associated with the Beatles. Below that, although they hail from Liverpool, the Five Four have strong Irish connections. Uh, but the Beatles have uh, deep-rooted Irish family connections, like I said. John's great-grandfather, uh, James, was born in County Down, and his uh, great-grandmother, Elizabeth Gilday, was born in Oma. Uh, Paul's family were rooted in County Monaghan. His grandfather on his mother's side was Molly Mahan from Tully Mallow. Tully Mallow, I think that's how you say it. Uh, Ringo is the most English of the band, but there are still family lines traceable to County Mayo. George's family were originally from Wexford and were landowners until stripped of the land by Oliver Cromwell. So we're going back some time there. The family uh, subsequently emigrated to Liverpool. The rest is musical history. The band's appearance at the King's Hall in Belfast, the way back there in 1964, had the largest audience the Beatles had ever played in the UK and Ireland at that time. As Beatlemania swept the world, they performed two shows on the same day at the home of the Royal Ulster Agricultural Society, Balmoral, with a total audience of 16,000 people. That was large in those days. It was a... An area arena gig before the the term was even coined. The highest ticket price of the day was a whopping one pound. That's two bucks. 
uh, if that. Uh, the band played three uh, three gigs in Ireland, one in Dublin and two in Belfast. And they also uh, played in Drogheda and in Port Stewart. The band, especially Paul McCartney, was close to the Irish socialite and Guinnesser Tara Brown, who was at the centre of the swinging London scene. Brown's life was uh, cut tragically short in a car accident. Uh, she was later immortal, immortalised in uh, the classic Sgt. Pepper's album, A Day in the Life. As the song went, nobody was really sure if he was from the House of Lords, in reference to Brown's aristocratic father. Uh, but, uh, baby, can you drive my car? Well, not so much dodgy, but certainly convenient. From a, a local paper in 1963, McCartney had two previous convictions for speeding that year. Was told by Alderman um, Hanford, presiding, if your if your your time was caught again, you could go to prison. Anyone who uh, who who could get an Irish driving license simply by applying for them in the early 1960s. That's true. I don't think they had a test. You just applied. Uh, just like a passport. According to Jason and Stevens in the podcast, Paul had stripped, had been stripped of his, uh, because of his uh, driving offences. In the Republic of Ireland, in the early 1960s, anyone living there could get a driving licence, simply, like I said, for plan, uh, just a plan for one. A Dublin home address was even provided for the, uh, the paper uh, person. Uh, beep, beep, beep. That's, uh, remember that there? Beep, beep, beep. Uh, the Beatles got harassed and visited Ireland several times as a child to see uh, some of his many cousins. Uh, walking across the bridge with his mother, George stirs on the camera lenses in Dublin. Uh, you know, as the Fab Four were on their way up, up the charts and took over the world. John Lennon went even further than singing about Ireland. Uh, Bang is a Dornish island off the co- the west coast of Ireland. That's off Galway, Mayo. Uh, that's when he was married to Yoko. He spent uh, a bit of... He, he sent a beautiful psychedelically painted gypsy caravan to the island by helicopter in 1967. Oh, so he got carried over. Uh, while Donish had sub- subsequently changed hands from hippies to farmers, Lennon was apparently still interested in finishing his plans, which had received uh, local planning, planning permission. Sadly, life uh, changed for John Lennon as he was murdered in New York in 1990. As he admitted himself in a song, you may, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. So you can imagine, he probably might have lived, him and Yoko might have stayed in Ireland for... I meant to use a bit of a base. I don't think they'd lived there permanently. Far from it. And now we get on to something that's... Uh, this kind of surprised me, actually. Some staff at the Queen's University of Belfast and the Ulster University have begun three days of strike action. The universities, uh, which represents lecturers and support staff, is taking action over pay, workloads and pensions. The walkout will take place on the 24th, the 25th and uh, the 30th of November. That's now, actually. Wow. So the cost of living has been, you know, put down as the main reason for this uh, problem. But there is other thing, you know, what have we got here? This is this this, this really did take me by surprise. This is the UK we're talking about here. About the high number of strikes around, why there are so many strikes. Some of the Royal College of Nursing has said that members will uh, take part in strike action and expected to start at the end of the year. The union has never gone on strike in its history and has said emergency care will be staffed. Travel travel has been disrupted by a series of strikes since June. Members of the three unions, the RMT, the TSSA and ASLIF, are taking part in a series of one-day strikes which have brought parts of the real network to a standstill. 
More strike actions have been announced in the run-up to Christmas and disruption could continue for another six months. Workers at the Royal Mail have held eight strikes since August and uh, ten more days of action are scheduled before Christmas. So if you're expecting parcels, possibly your card from the UK, they may be delayed. Around 40,000 workers at Telecom uh, also went on strike for the first time in over 30 years, seeking a better pay deal. And again, it's the cost of living. Airline grand handlers began three days of action. Uh, with, the pro- with the potential to cause disruption at Heathrow and other airports around the UK. Dock workers in Liverpool have ended their action after reaching a pay deal this month, which is good news. But a dispute at F- uh, Felix so remains unsolved, and that's one of their biggest uh, ports in the UK, in England anyway. Uh, who else is considering going on strike? About 100,000 civil servants have voted to go on strike with uh, major ports, and their ports set to face disruption. Most schools in Scotland are expected to be closed on the 24th uh, of November. As members of the Educational Institute of Scotland walk out in the first full strike in Scottish schools for nearly 40 years. These are strikes that have taken a long, you know, been a long time since there was any, any other sort of strike action. Years. The University and College Union representing staff in uh, higher education is planning to strike on the 24th, the 25th and the 30th again. Staff at 150, yes, 150 universities are taking part in this, this strike. Junior doctors in England, are represented by the British Medical Association, are planning to hold a ballot in the, this coming January on industrial action over a pay deal, which uh, has been offered 2% a year. Some 350,000 health workers in England, Wales and Northern Ireland uh, belonging to Unison but uh, began, a, began a vote on the, whether to strike uh, as well. Around 18,000 ambulance workers belonging to GMB and Unite are voting on strike actions. So it's all pretty grim, you know, the strike act, what's going on in uh, the UK. But I think my own personal views, I think the UK is in some serious trouble. You know, uh, with, you know the, the number of prime ministers have had in the, the, the present government is completely, it's not in chaos, but it's certainly a country that's in, uh, you know, very disruptive and not function, functioning at all. All right, we've got here. This is about growing anger in loyalist areas over the protocol in Irish, the Irish government. Police in Northern Ireland say there is no evidence that loyalist paramilitary groups are preparing to end their ceasefires, despite increasingly hostile rhetoric and threats against Irish government ministers. There are concerns about growing anger within loyalism about the Northern Ireland protocol and the so-called Irish Sea border, which unionists say has driven a wedge between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK. 28 years after declaring this, their ceasefire, loyalist groups are still recruiting and still have access to some weapons and are still considered to be a potential threat. The uh, the the police society of uh, Northern Ireland said lawless paramilitaries helped organise some of the protocol rallies during the past year and fears have been raised that their opposition is going to escalate. But the police assessment that there is no evidence to suggest the organisation are moving on what they call a military footing. So it's all pretty grim. And this is vaping here. It's been uh, there was a thing on the news the other day about vaping. Vaping product has to be banned on public transport. The sale of vaping products will be uh, prohibited from self 
service stations, vending machines, temporary or mobile premises, and events for children under new regulations approved by the, uh, the Cabinet. This is uh, the Republic of Ireland. The sale of cigarettes to those under 18 years will also be banned, with retailers who break the rules facing minimum suspension periods and a fixed penalty. In addition, advertisement for e-cigarettes will be, be prohibited on public transport in cinemas and near schools. The ban on advertising on public transport is aimed to limit children's exposure to commercial messages, which the Department of Health believes normalise and glamorise the purchase and use of, uh, you know, vaping. It is... Uh, it's got to be stopped, according to the department. The Department of Health is also concerned about sixteen thousand different uh, flavors of uh, flavors of vapes, uh, such as bubble gum and um, gummy bears. But the concern of being could be a gateway to smoking for younger people by sort of you know getting smoking the, the vaping and it's all kind of cool, as it were. Because I remember saying on a, I think it was. Somewhere in England, there two or three years ago, vaping as a lifestyle, you know, plastered all over uh, the walls, you know, professionally done, vaping as a lifestyle. So that was uh, interesting to see what happened. And the same thing will happen here. Right, what have we got here? Sixth man arrested over attempted murder of two police officers in County Tyrone. A six-man has been arrested over the attempted murder of two police officers in uh, County Tyrone. The 50-year-old man was arrested by detectives in Strabane and was uh, being detained at Musgrave Police Station under the Terrorism Act, Musgrave Police Stations in Belfast. A 38-year-old man arrested on Monday over the incident has been released following questioning. Uh, the four men who have been arrested earlier, aged 38, 36, 36 and 28, have uh, also been released after being questioned. They were arrested out under the Terrorism Act after police conducted a number of searches in Strabane at the weekend. The two officers have been on patrol on Thursday at Mount Carmel Heights when a bomb was dilated at the side of their vehicle. Neither officer was injured in the attack, which caused a major security alert in the area, affecting more than a 1,000 residents and leaving some children unable to get to school. The new incident prompted uh, police to pursue a strong line of inquiry into whether it was the new IRA were the, the culprits and the people involved in this. And back to the old, the old what is it here, Mr. Ryaner, they're back in the business again. Uh, along with uh, you know the, another Atlantic uh, airline company flying out of Belfast, Ranhurst announced it's returning to Belfast International. Uh, the new routes include Alicante, Faro, Barcelona, Malaga, Manchester, Milan, Strat- Stansted, Paris, East Midlands, Edinburgh, Kdansk, and Krakow, like Poland. Last year, the airline was announced it was pulling out of the airport, citing issues like air air passenger duty. Air passenger duty is a tax which adds about £13 on every flight. The airline uh, said basing two aircraft in Belfast will create 60 jobs and over 400 indirect jobs. At a time when other airlines are cutting their schedules and reducing their workforce, we're delighted to announce a Ryanair base in Belfast International with 12 exciting new routes and that. Two based aircraft representing an investment of 200 million at the Belfast International Airport. But despite the move, Ms. McGuinness said uh, concerns over air passenger duty remain. To enable additional investment from Ryanair and other airlines from next summer onwards, the UK government will, must immediately scrap aviation taxes on all flights. Otherwise, it will put the UK, an island based economy, at risk of losing air traffic to competing 
European other European countries. So that is uh, interesting to say the least, because there's a lot of you know some of the the costs of flights have gone up, and people are you know making up for lost time. But I think once uh, you know the holiday period's over, it will be over for them. Okay, we got a, we got here. Fly Fly Atlantic is the name of this company I was going to talk, tell you about. It aims to fly to the USA, Canada, and British uh, British and European destinations, and once fully operational, plans to fly to thirty five others. The initial announcement is the first stage in its plans. The next stage will be securing aircraft and a license. So they're a long way off yet. Um, Initially, the aircraft says it will employ 50 people in Belfast International. It plans to create 1,000 jobs in the, next five, uh, the first five years with the airline and directly create thousands of others in tourism and support services. The new airline will create a major hub linking Europe with North American destinations to supplement local passenger numbers. It will initially operate six aircraft at its Antrim base, growing to a fleet of 18 by... 2028, good luck to them. Fly Atlantic's chief executive, Arthur Payne, said the lack of direct transatlantic Air Force uh, air services has clearly been an, an impediment to Northern Ireland's economic and tourist development, which we, are not, we intend to you know, improve. We already have offices at the airport and we'll be building out on the new infrastructure to support the airline's launch. Managing Director, uh, welcome the announcement. Uh, by Fly Atlantic. We look forward to them bringing this project to a fruition as it would have a real impact on the city and the cost of living in, Belf- in Belfast and the economy will, general, uh, will generally sort of benefit from all of this. Now we get on to something here called housing. The Minister for Housing has defended his track record during the Doyle uh, debate on whether a housing emergency should be declared. This is Dublin. An intense exchange across the chamber, Fian, uh, accused Dara O'Brien of being an embarrassment and the Minister in turn accuses opposition of being arrogant. The government put forward a counter-motion to the Sinn Féin private members' bill uh, to declare a housing emergency. The Sinn Féin motion aims to declare a housing emergency as well as uh, uh, achieve support for the ra- for the raise the roof protest in Dublin, which is uh, this Saturday, which is said to begin at Parnell Square at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. Introducing the motion, uh, Sinn Féin housing spokesperson said that if a housing emergency is declared, then as night follows day, emergency actions must follow. Addressing a repeated charge from uh, the Taoiseach that uh, that's the Prime Minister, that the opposition party had no alternative plans to solve Ireland's housing crisis. And it is a serious housing crisis. Uh, they said that Sinn Féin is calling for a ban on rent increases and an end to new fault evictions and 20,000 social and affordable uh, houses to be built each year, which is uh, probably the, the, uh, the Labour government present is on the same track and they're building state houses as fast as they can, but there's uh, issues with uh, uh, you know staff, labour, and uh, getting, uh, you know... Equipment, wood, getting all the materials to actually do the job. So that's basically it from me uh, this week. So I will be back again next week and keep your eye on the World Cup. So it's going to be interesting if you're following it because it's like to me, it's uh, the biggest uh, global game in the world for uh, you know teams. All the rest of the World Cups just pale in the insignificance to this game that's being played out in the Middle East. Anyway, I'll see you next week, okay? Take care, uh, except, except, and God bless. See ya.
If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.